Welcome to Visible Signs, Invisible Designs. Here we talk about communication design on a meta level. We talk about useful things that people make, but are so humble that they often go unnoticed. Are these designs? Absolutely. Design is more than what meets the eyes. Let's look at what lies beneath the surface. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 9 of Visible Signs, Invisible Designs. Uh, today I'm actually recording from Vancouver, from Thomas Gerard's uh, podcast studio. Uh, I'm here for TED, and uh, if you remember, uh, in episode three, we invited Thomas to speak about how typography can save lives. And uh, we promised an episode uh, where I'll ask Thomas the 20 questions that he asked me when I was a guest on uh, his show. So Thomas, do you want to say hello to the audience? Sure. Hey guys, thanks so much for uh, joining. I'm super glad to be here with Keith. Yeah, I'm very excited to ask you the 20 questions that you asked me. Um, are you ready? I am ready. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you do? So these days, well, this is an interesting one because after I gave my TED talk, I had to start to define who I was and that kind of came in terms of who I was going to be speaking to. Um, so after that that talk, I uh, joined the International Conference Circuit and started speaking in a big part to audiences that were part of the academic community. Um, you know, I had been reaching designers for a long time and was using um, design language to describe who I am and what I do. Mm. Um, but these days, I, I think I use the term um, scholar or, or author. Um, that tends to be um, how Google describes me, and I, I, I trust Google. <laughs> if Google says it, then that's probably right. So, <laughs> Okay. I think you can define it as well. <laughs> Okay. Scholar and uh, author. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the second question is, what's a key piece of knowledge that makes you different? Yeah. You know, I think... I have more differences than I do sameness. So this is kind of a complex um, question to answer. Um, a key piece of knowledge, I guess, would be um, that I, I have this scholar angle or this academic angle, but I don't have a traditional approach to, to coming to that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I started teaching really early on just after finishing my undergrad and kind of going overseas and being a lecturer when I really wasn't qualified to, to be a lecturer to oh, hold that, that well, <laughs> to hold that title was really kind of an exaggeration at that point but I, I did realize that I wanted to be on this academic journey at that point and started to fill in the other pieces um, but I've definitely done it kind of backwards so that's that's me there are many ways of getting into academia I guess I mean uh, uh, traditional academia the published uh, material might not be very accessible. I mean, maybe there's some value in, you know, getting the general public or the masses to 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 uh, understand a little bit more about design. I guess. I mean, so number three, why this of all things? Why do you do what do you what you do? It's been a personal journey for me. You know, for a long time, I described what I did through a teaching statement, which uh, you'll know about. I mean, you kind of have to put this, like like an artist mm -hmm. statement, but for an educator, you have to put this thing together and say mm -hmm. what you did. Mm -hmm. I was teaching at Emily Carr at that time and was co-teaching with a professor there, Haig Arman, and he said, this is not a teaching statement, this is your personal journey. 
And mm-hmm. I really liked that um, kind of nomenclature and started using that word personal journey. Mm, right. Okay. So instead of uh, saying as a teaching statement, you say it's a personal journey. Oh, that, that's, that's cool. Um, what does your future look like? I mean, the future is so precarious for so many of us. Um, I'm invited to be on an AI and art panel here in Vancouver coming up and, um, and you know, uh, have a number of prompts in that talk that I have to respond to um, all about, you know, how AI is going to affect the future, essentially. And, you know, none of us know, and we're still in this kind of pioneering stage for all of this, and no different than any other time. I mean, early internet days were the same thing. People were like, is the internet going to change everything? Mm. And it did and it didn't, right? I mean, it ended up being a tool like anything else, and it relies on humans, it relies on people to to dictate what it does and and what the future is that we use to build it and how, how it gets built in that way. Um, so I think the future is, um, is going to depend on us and how we use the tools in front of us, especially AI. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's a fair um, uh, vision into the, future, into the very near future, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So number five, let's talk about location. How does the notion of place play into what you do? Well, I have to say it, we're recording from the Vancouver podcast recording studio here um, where I record Unique Ways with Thomas Gerard, uh, more than audio podcast. And, um, you know, it's um, it's uh, been a, a special kind of commitment to stay in Vancouver. It's not cheap to be here. Um, <laughs> and uh, in a way, you, we can say we can we can do things from anywhere now. Um, but there is a kind of certain kind of rightness to, to being in Vancouver for me, even if I'm doing things that are digital. Um, you know, Keith, Keith and I talked about um, how time difference uh, affects uh, some of this, you know, who your audience is going to be or when you're going to be posting your, your content and things like that. And I, I do feel mm-hmm. like the timing yeah. for all of it, even in the digital space, is really right here in Vancouver. So I think, um, I think the, the physical place um, that allows for a certain kind of digital footprint is, is, um, is, is how I talk about place at this point. It's funny how you mentioned that because uh, I just noticed uh, my latest LinkedIn post that I posted from here, Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, the audience is mainly from Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> Not a surprise, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, and, and how you talked about uh, prices, how expensive Vancouver is. Hong yeah. Kong is also up, up uh, on the top yeah. of, the, of the scale, yeah. you know, probably top three Vancouver and yeah. Hong Kong in terms of prices. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Number six, if you had to start from scratch, what advice would you give your former younger self? Um, I was really competitive when I was young to to a fault. I I was very much about wanting to win in every situation and very much saw things in terms of winning and losing. And that kind of put me down this path of noticing mistakes that I was making in in life and choices and um, really beating myself up for for making wrong choices where I was aware of what the mistake was and could have done it differently. I think I wouldn't have been so hard on myself early on and probably would have been a a more ordinary person in the end afterwards. Um, (laughs) And um, yeah, um, you know, um, giving that advice to myself, you know, I can say that now and, and probably would have had an easier time. Would that have resulted in more success and how do you define success of course those kinds of things fall into that um, answer as well yeah i guess uh 
Yeah, it, it when you look back, you know, hindsight is always, you know, clearer. But um, but I, I uh, in the TED that I went to, one of the most inspiring takeaway for me was the talk about uh, uh, actually by uh, uh, Ben Zender, uh, an, a conductor, mm-hmm. uh, using music as an analogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, about how we are so obsessed with the measurable things like winning or losing, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, good or bad, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should really focus on possibility mm-hmm. and 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 kind of uh, move divergently to increase possibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So where were we? Uh, number seven. What's your day in the life like? You know, these days it's spent in the podcast recording studio and I'm basically bricked in here. I, I, I don't leave unless I have to uh, do a coffee run or something like well, that. Well, it's a nice space, it's a nice so space. I wouldn't leave either. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a day in my life is spent, you know, vetting and recruiting guests for the podcast, um, recording sessions for the podcast, promoting the podcast from the podcast recording studio, um, you know, occasionally... Um, going down and accepting a delivery um, um, for, for some physical item to, to spruce up the space here a little bit more. Um, definitely spent it here in the podcast recording studio in Vancouver. Um, I was in Lisbon what, last week, a couple of weeks ago, and um, that was a special thing. And I do like the travel and the conferences, but um, definitely, um, definitely try to make a priority of staying in Vancouver and staying in this studio as much as I can to get stuff done. How was the conference? It was great. I was extremely jet lagged. It was kind of not not easy to sit through the lectures, as I was telling Keith about earlier. Yeah. Um, and um, but very rich and good to see um, familiar faces. And you know, in many ways, as an academic or scholar, that's where you uh, that's where you connect to people in in person. And and the kind of return to that outside of pandemic and now being in person again was something special for me. Yeah. 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 And, and you have more uh, coming up, right? Yeah, I've, uh, uh, I'll be speaking as a presenting delegate at the Sorbonne in, in Paris in June. Um, I'll be talking about typography there. Great. Number eight, lifelong learning is a popular topic these days. How do you stay up to date? So I've had a, a kind of a realization around this, which is that when I, when I listen to music in the evening after my day is done, I, I get really inspired. Um, I come up, I maybe have new ideas or at least feel very much like this certain sense of rightness when I, when I listen to music. Um, I wouldn't kind of start naming the kinds of music that I listen to or the artists that I listen to, but I would say that just this process of, of listening to music um, um, teaches me in a way in this in, in kind of internalizes in a way that is almost impossible for me to explain in a, a kind of relatable way um, I would just say that I, I do learn by hmm. by by listening to music hmm. interesting yeah number nine what tools do you use are you a digital nomad that's a tough one um, I like to, I like the physical aspect and I do feel um, different about physical things compared to digital things. Um, um, 
they, they, they're both extremely important and having both of them in my life are, is extremely important and I do see a, a kind of maximized value of physical things these days and a maximized value of digital things these ways in, in a way that can't be discarded. There's so much conversation around be on your phone less, be on digital media less. And rather than do that, I went out and bought the most expensive phone I could afford and <laughs> kind of sp spend my, all my hours on the phone doing digital stuff. And then, yeah, same with physical stuff. I, 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 I buy the luxury items and uh, it makes me feel better. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, the more digital we are, the more physical we also need to be as well. Mm -hmm. I guess the, the two need to kind of balance out each other, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, number 10. How do you deal with work-life balance? Yeah, my answer is still asymmetry for this, which is yeah. uh, the only way that I can describe it. And don't ask me to define that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not even going to ask you asymmetric to which side, you know, which side is larger, which side is smaller. Depends I on ask, the day. I won't ask you that. It's fine. <laughs> Just let's leave it at that. 11. If you weren't doing what you do now, what would you be doing? Um, you know, it's a bit of a vulnerability reveal. My dad paid for my undergrad tuition, um, going to art school. If he hadn't paid for that, I wouldn't have been able to do post-secondary, which probably would have mean I would be working in uh, some aspect of, of, of the, the family business, the, the broader family business, and a lot of that is in the uh, construction industry, so I'd probably mm. be working in a lumberyard. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, what would you not like to do? Work in a lumberyard. Okay, fair enough. Uh, 13. What's your favorite word, quote, or sentence? I'm just staring at one of the posters in the uh, studio. It's a Douglas Copeland poster that a friend, uh, one of the guests pointed out. It says, machines are talking about you behind your back. I, I really like that. I think it's quite funny and quite true. Uh, yeah, they are definitely listening to us behind our backs, <laughs> talking about you. Okay, that's scary. <laughs> 15. If you had to pick one word to describe yourself, what would it be? Vulnerable. Ah, okay. Uh, 16, what keeps you up at night? I sleep pretty well. I sleep deep. Um, I sleep a lot. I prioritize sleep, in fact. Um, oh, so what keeps me up? Um, um, music. Um, too many beers. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. I want to know the secret to that, how, how to sleep well. I think a lot of us need, need, need that. Yeah. Um, 17, what's a dream you're chasing? I'd like to get to 140 episodes with the audio podcast and I'd like to get to 10 episodes with the visual podcast for Unique Ways with Thomas Gerard. Um, and, um, and, and after that, I feel like more directions will fall into place, but I feel like that's kind of on my bucket list right now and I need to do it. Hmm. I think you're on your way yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, 18, what inspires you? I'm inspired by the guests that I have on my podcast. I feel really lucky to have the people that I've had on, um, you know, uh, Richard Saul Werman, who, who pioneered the TED Talks. Um, he was on the show and I wouldn't say it was a particularly good episode and he wasn't very happy. He was pretty grumpy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> 
absolutely so grateful that he was there. You know, John Mayer, W. Millman, um, Timothy yeah. Goodman, Jessica Helfand, you know, the list amazing. goes on. It's been amazing. Yeah, really amazing. Uh, 19, any advice you'd like to share? Don't give up. Giving up is pointless. It just puts you in an inertia stage. Um, you will have to deal with your problem anyways, or you're, you'll have to find your opportunities anyways. So um, hmm. keep moving forward. Don't give up. That's a good advice. Uh, 20, how can our listeners keep taps on you? Um, check out my TED Talk. It's a two-minute talk about airports called How to Feel at Home in the Airport. Um, it's a popular one. If you search for my name, Thomas Gerard, you'll find that talk. Um, and anything else you, uh, you, 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 that resonates with you from there on, um, you know, definitely keep tabs on me for my Paris talk about typography. I'm pretty excited about that, and I think, uh, I think that will be something special too. Will that be online? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, so it's, it's funny how we just recorded a, an episode doing the exact same thing, 20 questions, uh, me as a guest mm-hmm. uh, on Thomas's show, and now Thomas is my guest on my show doing his 20 questions, but also in his space. So it's been interesting. Uh, yeah, well, I hope you liked the, the episode, and uh, hopefully we'll bring Thomas on again for some other topics. Yeah? Absolutely. All right. So thank you. See you next time. You've been listening to Visible Signs, Invisible Designs. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, please subscribe. You can find the show on Anchor.fm, Spotify, or Apple Podcast. Until next time.